Welcome to Network Marketing Breakthroughs Podcast with Rob Sperry, where you will hear stories and strategies to help increase sales in your business. Let's level up your network marketing business with your host, Rob Sperry. I'm excited to have our special guest, Matt Morris. Hopefully you've heard of Matt Morris. Matt Morris, I actually just looked it up, Matt. You've got over 600,000 people following on your Facebook fan page, which has got to be in the top five for sure. I mean, I know Eric Worre's got more. Other than that, I don't know who else does. Maybe somebody does, but that's why I said top five, just to give a, a buffer just in case. But what that means is this guy's just had a ton of influence. He's impacted many, many lives. I've heard him speak live uh, down in Dallas, and he's one of the most charismatic, just fun speakers. I've been able to talk with him offline where we just get a chat and and I love how focused he is on being a great dad. That's the thing I respect about him first and foremost, more than anything else, more than all of his accomplishments. And as I already put in there, he is an eight-time best-selling author. He's created a billion dollars in sales. Yeah, that's with a B, a billion dollars in sales. And again, that just means he's impacted a lot of lives. That means he's learned. He's had failures as well. He's had successes. He's learned what works, what doesn't work. And so I thought, who better to talk about, I think, the most important thing, which is recruiting, because everyone says, well, duplication. Well, if you don't ever recruit, then there's nothing to duplicate. And if you don't recruit or you do recruit one person and then you never recruit after that, then what's going to duplicate is your lack of recruiting. And so – Matt, let's say hello first, and then we can have a little bit of fun. So, Matt, how are we doing? World Travel. Hey, man, I'm good. Excited to be on with you. I, I got to correct your uh, uh, your intro just a little bit because you you, you know you made it sound like I created a billion dollars. Uh, my team did. It's probably good that we're talking about recruiting because, uh, you know, the truth is I had very little to do with the you know billion dollars plus. It's uh, you know, you recruit someone who recruits someone who recruits someone. And, uh, you know, if you can figure out how to recruit people who are better than you, then uh, it makes you look really good. So. No, I I love that. And that's something, I mean, we all learn in this business is it's really none of us can do even a million dollars in sales ourselves. And very few of us can even do a hundred thousand dollars of sales ourselves. And that's why it's all about leverage. It's all about becoming the person that you want to recruit. It's all about, yes, creating duplication. It's staying out of management mode. And I don't know, it seems like such a simple business. And in some ways it is so simple, but in other ways, it's like the simple complicated web, right? Where I don't know about you, but I felt like after a year, I kind of knew what I was doing. And then a year later, I realized I didn't know what I was doing. And then a year later, it's like every year I realized, wow, I just, I'm learning so much. I didn't know all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and things change so much, right? So when I got started in network marketing, this, uh, this ages me, right? But, you know, there were no uh, cell phones. There was no text messaging, you know? And so now we train on the text invite, right? I mean, we didn't have texting <laughs> back then. We didn't have, you know, uh, all the crazy stuff we have now to recruit. It's so much, uh, I think it's so much easier now with all the technology, uh, you know, than it used to be 20, 22, 23 years ago when I got started. And I, after a year, I certainly did not know what was going on. Like I didn't feel confident at all after a year. <laughs> took me, uh, took me uh, uh, several years before I got any amount of confidence in network marketing. 
So were you 13 when you started? Because you said you started 22 years ago. No, uh, 18, 18. So 40, uh, 41 now. Wow, that's fun. And I love what you just said. Let's transition to that. You just said that technology and things have changed where it can be easier. Obviously, every strength's got its weakness. So let's let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the strategies that you've taken of the old school timeless principles. And I always like talking about how to merge the two because, you know, for me, I always talk about social media and sometimes people get caught up in just social media. And look, if you don't turn those into dollars and cents, then a lot of times people like to get busy, right? Busy working. And it's the same thing, the art of texting and different things. So what are some of the old school principles mixed with modern day technology that, that you teach to different teams that you found a lot of success and maybe give us some of those, not just principles, but techniques on how to do it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, we've all kind of heard this. It's, you know, it's combining the high tech with the high touch, right? So there's been, and it seems to go back and forth. There's this um, uh, internet network marketing where it's all about automated recruiting. And, and man, I got on the bandwagon, you know, years and years ago, it was like, oh, awesome, man. I can enroll people and not even talk to them. And, you know, because I'm creative and just stubborn enough to figure things out, I figured out a way to, to do that, to recruit without enrolling, you know, actually talking to someone. And, um, you know, what I found was I could enroll a lot of people and I might get a few others that could recruit a lot of people, but I didn't have any kind of duplication because there was no relationship. And, you know, I believe our biggest currency in network marketing is our relationships. And I just think you're, I think long term, you're going down a dead end path if you're not focusing on building relationships. So, you know, now we have the best of both worlds where you can combine the high tech, right? You can do all kinds of things through social media, attraction, marketing, and, you know, you name it. And, you know, people are going to reach out to you. And even if it's, you know, it's crazy things like I find myself getting into conversations uh, both ways. You know, someone, uh, I like someone's picture or I like someone's comment and they're like, hey, thanks for liking my picture. Uh, I love this about you. And, you know, we get into this dialogue and, you know, build a relationship. So uh, where it used to be without social media, you had to actually go out on the streets or you'd uh, run uh, ads in the newspaper and uh, things like that. So um, yeah, don't you feel like, I mean, for me, I'm naturally an introvert, it's taken me now 10 years of doing everything, you know, speaking. And even still, when I started with Facebook Lives, it wasn't up until earlier this year, I started feeling comfortable. And even now I feel way more comfortable than I did six months ago, but I kept doing them. But I look at social media and I'm just thinking what you're saying here. It's a way for all of us, but I'm just gonna say introverts in particular, because we hate cold contacting. But it's a way for introverts really to actually turn cold contacts into warm relationships, maintain those warm relationships. And yes, extroverts as well, because, yeah, going out and finding somebody at the mall or, hey, I met somebody in line today. Well, great. That's that's nice. But how many more people can you meet online? And then you actually have their information online, right, because you're connected and having that conversation, whereas Sometimes it's, well, I used to give my business card and it's like, that's, that's, that's so 
old school. I want their information. I want to be connected where I see them on a regular basis and they see me on a regular basis. I, I don't know your thoughts on that, but that's kind of what I'm thinking when you're when you're saying that, you know, more modern way of doing business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm a fan of both. It took me, I, I was, I mean, I was the story where, you know, I'd go to the mall for two hours and I was such an introvert that I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't even start a conversation. I, <laughs> two hours later, I've got no phone numbers and I do this over and over and over. And for me, it was just, it was, um, a game of personal development. I, you know, now I can do that. I can be out and about and I don't mind contacting a waiter or waitress, someone in line, whatever it may be. But I had to, you know, really grow into that. And so years ago, as I was growing into that, and it's really, it's funny, like I really, I feel like I grew into it more for my team than me for personal um, you know, recruiting purposes. So I'd be out with my team and everyone's like, Hey, how do I contact people? And, um, you know, I would do crazy stuff like put flyers on the car. I'd stay up at two o'clock in the morning. I'd be putting flyers on cars or signs on the side of the road, things like that. And so, um, you know, not the most duplicatable thing. Right. So I'd be with my group and we'd be out and it's like, I had the pressure, like the team, I had to perform in front of them. And so, uh, you know, I ended up getting good at it. Now it's not an issue for me. And, uh, um, you know, but I think you should, I, I think everyone should get good at both just because, of the confidence that it gives you. I feel like I'm more confident on stage. I'm a better trainer. I'm a better network marketer. I'm a much better communicator in general. And everything that we do is communication, you know, getting someone to enroll in your business. It's, uh, you know, the better communicator you are, the higher enrollment ratio you're typically going to have. You know, you're going to be better at figuring out how to motivate people. And it just comes from numbers, right? It's like weightlifting. You get strong by doing a lot of reps. Well, if you need to do a lot of reps, in communication, communicating with other people. And so when I'm out and about, I want to, you know, push myself to communicate with others because it's going to make me better. Right. But, um, but you know, now it's, I mean, I think online, it's so you can do more. I think if they're not in your local area, there's probably less duplication. That's why I like doing both. And, you know, every network marketing company does it different. Um, you know, a lot of the growth within my organization has been, you know, in local markets where people are doing uh, Starbucks meetings and hotel meetings and, uh, you know, uh, things like that. Right. So we do teach a lot of that. But one of the ways that I've been able to build a lot of my long distance groups and build globally, not just in the United States, but all over the world is through contacting people, obviously, through social media. But it's important once you've made the contact is, you know, get on Skype right? And build the relationship, make sure they're really comfortable with you. And you're going to have, I think, a much higher duplication ratio because they're comfortable with you. And so you want to duplicate that relationship building. I love that. That's, I mean, it's all about the relationship. Relationships are the number one most important currency is, is match dropping some some truth bombs for everybody. And it's really, it is transitioning that. I mean, like you said, get on a Skype, get on a Zoom, get on a FaceTime, but you want people, there's so much different when someone talks to you on the phone versus being able to have that personal interaction where they get to see a little bit of your body language, your facial expressions. They get to even, yeah, they hear the tonality on the phone, but it's just a different connection. And so when you start to do that, 
it'll help you to have more success. So what would be, I mean, because you and I both know, I, I'm sure you. And just a quick yeah. point on that, so I don't forget. Um, yeah. you know, in doing three-way phone calls, obviously in networking, we do, you know, most, most of us are doing a lot of three-way phone calls. Um, if they're with their person, I'm always going to say, hey, can you get on FaceTime or Zoom? Um, I'd always rather do a Zoom or something like that so I can actually see their face. And I just find that, you know, if it's just a three-way call on audio, I'm going to have an okay, uh, you know, closing ratio. It goes up dramatically when you can actually see someone live. So it would definitely push and get that as part of the culture of your team. That is a great, great tip. I think everybody, hopefully you caught on just to that one tip of maybe you know to do it, but the question is, is are you teaching your teams to do that? Because sometimes we as leaders, I know, you know, you start building, you go, 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 and then you just think it's common sense for you. But are you teaching your teams and how are you teaching your teams? Where is it in your duplication model? Where is it in your systems that anytime you do some sort of third-party validation, try to make it where they can actually see your face if it's not in person uh, as much as and often as possible, try to transition into that because that's a, that is a, that's not a little tip, that's a huge tip. Now, I know for me, I went through this process and I'd love to, for you to drop some of your top recruiting tips and I, I believe you did because I think almost every other every leader I've ever spoken to says they've gone through this. Where I went and I recruited and I recruited and I went my very first month. I did $45,000 in sales in three weeks. And it wasn't because I was a great presenter. I was the worst presenter. But I, I called 250 people, literally. Called, texted, called, texted, called, texted, follow up, follow up, follow up because I was so scared of failing. And I couldn't present. I said, no, I'm not presenting. I'm not presenting. I'm too scared. A month two, I just thought, oh, if they just do what I do with one person or two people. And I remember that I ended up sponsoring two people. One was my mother-in-law, who actually happens to be in the kitchen right now visiting. Uh, and the other one happened to be a friend that I bought his kit. I know, it's embarrassing. That was my qualification. Yeah. Those are the two people. Right. Because I stopped applying the recruiting principles and I went into management mode. And I, I went in and out of that in my career where recruit, management mode, recruit, management mode. What would be your top tips for, I mean, one, staying out of management mode, but two, I mean, people need to learn what real work is, how to be effective, because they, they're taught, right? I got to duplicate, but I need to recruit. How, how do you teach that is to communicate that where people feel like they're actually being doing the most effective thing in their business to grow their business, yeah. where they're recruiting, but also duplicating? Yeah, and, and I don't really, and this goes to the management mode um, comment that you made. I've been through this process after, you know, 22 years in network marketing, right? It is, I don't care what level you're at in your business. If you want to get to the next level, the best thing you can do is go recruit 20 more people. Um, you know, and it's fascinating because sometimes, you know, we feel like, well, we want to really be in support mode. Um, I'm going to lead my team to the top, right? And while, yes, you do need to do all that leadership stuff, you need to be do, doing trainings and putting on webinars and, you know, speaking, and you need to be doing all that stuff. But the most important thing that you can be doing to advance your business to the next level is recruiting. And it's fascinating how whenever I get out of personal production mode, you know what I notice my group does? They get out of personal production mode. And it's an interesting thing where I just know this to be true now. I don't question it anymore. I've questioned it a lot because I've thought, you know, 
I've been doing this for so many years. I've been doing it 15 years. I've been doing it for 17 years. I've been doing it for 20 years. I should get out of recruitment mode and I should just lead my team. And you can do that, but your, t your group is typically gonna stagnate. So listen, here, here is a cardinal rule. Your group is always watching you. They are watching you closely. So uh, with a fine tooth comb, I mean, they're analyzing everything that you're doing, right? And if you're not recruiting, if you're not putting people on the board, then in their mind, they're saying, well, now must not really be the time. You know, if, uh, if Matt's not doing it, um, I must not have to do it. And so what's interesting is, and I've done this so many times now, I'm always fascinated by this. Whenever I get into personal production mode, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go recruit 10 people this month, 10 personals, I'm gonna get hair on fire, I'm just gonna go crazy recruiting, and I'm not gonna be supporting my group as much. I'm not gonna be traveling as much, I'm not gonna be doing as many conference calls or webinars or whatever it may be. I'm getting into recruit mode. You know what happens to my group? My group speeds up. Even though I'm supporting them less, my group goes faster. Why? Because it's a monkey see, monkey do business. They're watching you. And I, what I believe is true is we transfer energy to our group. It's all about the transfer of emotion, the transfer of energy. Great book uh, by Daniel Goldman called Primal Leadership. And it's about how great leaders transfer energy to their teams. And when you're not in recruit mode, when you're not in personal production mode, you can do all the training that you want. Your group feels that you're stagnant. They can feel your energy. I don't care how excited you think you are. Your group feels it. They know it. And so that's why I think it's always important to be in personal production mode. And it, it allows us as leaders to be better at transferring emotion. And when we transfer emotion and excitement, guess what? Our group feels it. And, you know, behavioral psychology is pretty simple, right? Actions follow feelings. So if you're transferring a feeling of, uh, you know, motivation and excitement and, you know, belief, then your group feels it and then they go produce more, right? So, you know, that that is, uh, I guess, my lecture on management mode. <laughs> that, hey, that's, that's, if you guys share this, because I know, as always, if it's helpful for your team, share it. Massive leverage. You're never a profit in your own country. You're never right. It doesn't matter what we say to our teams. They don't listen the same, but they hear it from someone else. Mm. Oh, that was so good. Hey, I've been telling you this stuff. So it's always massive leverage if you share it. Matt, you're a parent. I'm a parent. So the thing I look at is I'm thinking of what you're saying here is the first thing is, is whatever we do well as parents sometimes duplicates with our kids. That's right. Whatever we do poorly, Duplicate. you know, it yeah. duplicates. Always. I mean, my wife and I, I'm like, well, I think that's from you. She's like, no, that's from you. Definitely. And, yeah. and that's just kind of how it is in this business. As you said, monkey see, monkey do. And so the other thing to really understand is let's put it in perspective. Let's give a quick analogy. So Matt, let's say Matt becomes the best personal development guy in the world and he's just supporting his teams. I'm here for you. I love you. You need a hug. Let me know. I got all these training calls. Just the best system ever, but he doesn't recruit anybody. Now let's do the opposite and let's say he isn't providing anything. Okay, I'm going the other extreme. And Matt goes and recruits 20 people. And you see these 20 brand new people with this on fire energy, whether it's in person meeting or it's on a Zoom. 
And all of a sudden, these people are going to go conquer the world because there's nothing like new energy. Nothing. Because when you start, when you start, you know, go back to the beginning when you started. That is the most exciting time ever. Even more exciting than when you've made 100000 or a million dollars. It's the most exciting time because you're, you're, the world's ahead of you and all your dreams can come true. And so that energy is contagious, as Matt's talking about. Now, I'm not telling you not to have systems and leadership and personal development. But I am telling you, as Matt just said, I'm reiterating what Matt just said and giving you an analogy. There's no substitute for it because all of a sudden it's going to spread like wildfire to your team and they're going to see it and they're going to feel it and they're going to want to participate and they're going to have a little bit of fear of loss and that urgency and make it happen. So I, I absolutely love that and just reiterating so everybody really realizes, I mean, hopefully you guys caught that you know, what Matt's saying, and you said something really important. Hey, you want to take your business to the next level, go, go sponsor 20 more people, right? That's it. Yeah, always. And, and, you know, the other thing that you mentioned was, you know, you came in your first month, you did a bunch of volume, and then you came, and then it was like, you know, very little later, right? And I've noticed that with me over the years, and it does always go back to, you got to get yourself re-excited, um, you know, and a question, I just had someone um, in my group message me over the weekend and they're like, man, I've done like 20 presentations and no one is enrolled. And uh, in the past, I've done this and this and this. And I've, you know, I've, I've enrolled a bunch of people. So what's up? I like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, well, you got to put yourself in the mindset. You got to go back to the mindset of where you were when you were the most excited when you were having the results. Because what happens is we're with our company for however long it is, you know, after a year, almost anything can get old, right? So you're just going through the motions. You're doing the same presentation, having people watch the same video, doing the same, you know, follow-up, doing the same closing, and it gets old, right? And that your energy, you may feel like your energy is high, but other people are not seeing it the way they used to see it. And so if you're struggling, if you've been in your company for a while and you're struggling to recruit, you got to go back to when you were the most excited. You know, whenever you did something right, what was it you did when you did it right? And I'm not even the particular method that you used. It's more of the mindset and it's more of the energy. So in that frame of mind, where was your mindset? What were you excited about? What was, what were you driving towards whenever you were having the results, whenever you were the most excited? So you, you're always, I mean, I think as leaders, the biggest challenge we have is keeping our fire ignited because, you know, I've been with my company now for about 10 years, right? And so I've always, like every year, in fact, we do events, uh, big events every quarter. Why? Because we know we got to get people reinvigorated, re-excited. We got to relight their fire. And if we're not relighting their fire every quarter, then, you know, the energy starts to die off. And so I think that's, I, I think arguably the most important part about recruiting is that excitement. It's that hair on fire. I mean, there was a guy on my team one time, I remember, who he said stuff that wasn't, like he wasn't trying to lie. He just said stuff that wasn't even true because he didn't know. He was just so excited. And he was so, he was excited to the point where I was like, Ugh, this guy feels icky, you know, you know what I mean? Like he feels icky. He's too over the top excited. And, but he was with a new group that I was working with and it was like, you know, I want to support him. He's so excited. And I wanted to tell him like, 
man, tone it down a little bit. You're a little too over the top. And what was crazy, though, is people were responding to it. He's setting up appointments and he's like, I'm like, man, if you were recruiting me, I don't think I would join because you're just icky excited, you know, and people were excited and they were joining. Right. I mean, uh, it's like an old story that I had years ago. I um, was with with the company. I called this guy and I go through and I had basically memorized every important component about our product and our opportunity and the compensation plan. And that was very logical presentation in my mind. So I call this guy and I go through all the information with him and he's like, ah, it's not for me. I appreciate it, but no, it's okay. Uh, this guy's name was Russ. So anyway, I recruit this guy named Dave. And, you know, Dave enrolls. And Dave's one of these guys. He's just always excited. Every time you call him, he's like, Matt, oh, my God. He's just, you know, always happy guy, right? And so he's, I enroll him. And then he's going through his list. And he's like, hey, let's call Russ, who's a mutual friend of ours. And I go, oh, I already called Russ. He's not interested. He goes, well, heck, let's call him again. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I don't want to call Russ because he's already said no. And I don't want to bother him. You know, I've already pitched him. So Dave is brand new. He's like two days old in the program, right? So we call Russ and I don't hardly get a word in. Dave just starts going and he's so excited. He's like, we're going (laughs) to, I don't remember what he said. It was all just excitement. And he said nothing that was intelligent. Like it was nothing intelligent. All the stuff that I shared with Russ was really intelligent stuff. Like our compensation plan was important. Our product does this and this and this. And Dave was just like, we're going to build this. We're going to travel around the world. We're going to build this to China. We're going to do this, you know? And then Russ literally, he this pissed me off at the time. He goes, dude, I didn't realize it was like this. And I'm like, Dave didn't say anything. He's just excited. (laughs) And anyway, this guy, he ends up enrolling. So that was a big lesson for me. It's like people do things because they're excited way more than because they're logical. So if you're going to lead in one direction, lead towards the excitement. And and, and I've seen that in my case where it gets routine. I'm doing three-way phone calls. And then I remind myself, it's like, all right, I got to get back to that, you know, excitement and that positive energy and you know, that hair on fire, that Mach 2 with your hair on fire, right? And uh, I can remember I was like, it was one night. I didn't feel like doing a call, but it was a new team and this guy wanted a three-way. And I was like, I just, I'm like, all right, get myself in state. I'm like, come on, right? Get excited. And I do this call with this guy and he literally was going to go off, uh, do this offshore thing, job that he didn't want to do. He was miserable about it. And uh, we end up doing this three-way phone call. And he's like, at the end of the call, he goes, you know what? I'm canceling my trip. I'm not going on this. I'm going to go all in with your company. And I was like, wow, just because I got excited again. So I I think that's probably one of the biggest reminders uh, that we all need is to, you, you know, stay in that excitement zone. And, you know, there's every company has, I could go through all kinds of like tips on recruiting, but I'm a big believer that, you know, if the how to's were enough, we'd all be rich, skinny and happy. Right. I mean, your company, whatever company you're with, there's a system that you follow. Just follow that system. 
<laughs> follow the system and do a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers. And, you know, we all get caught in wanting to have the how to's exactly right. Whenever I've had the most success recruiting, it's not because I had the how to's right. It was because I was excited and I got obsessed. I just got obsessed for a period of time. And, you know, I remember people are like, well, what do I say to people? Uh, if I'm, you know, I've been to networking events and I've got like a stack of business cards, right? I've got like hundreds of business cards, right? Um, one thing, and this is, I think, a valuable, um, a valuable tip is you've got to look at network marketing as a long-term game. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. There may be someone that I meet that I won't recruit for 10 years, I mean, that's my attitude. It may take me 10 years to recruit that person, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to be here 10 years from now. See, a lot of a lot of times people are in network marketing and they're trying it out, right? Oh, I'm going to give it a year. I'm going to give it 90 days. I'm going to give it six months. I'm going to see how it goes. And I'll tell you, I don't think you're ever going to make it if you have that deadline. Uh, see, whenever I started creating results in network marketing, it's when I decided I was going to be a network marketing professional, that this was going to be my career. And I stopped just looking at short term results. And I've had that long term philosophy. And so we've always got to be building our database. We've always I mean, that's one thing people uh, so many cases they've said, man, how do you. Uh, how do you organize your contacts? It's real simple. I, you know, I meet someone, I put them in my phone. Um, sometimes I'll like have different categories, right? You know, you can save in different categories, but I'll put notes, you know, met at this event, met at this restaurant, at this whatever on this date, right? And so three years later, I call the person up. I'm like, hey, it's Matt. We met three years ago at the whatever event. <laughs> And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you remembered me. So they feel special, right? I've done that for literally, it's been over 15 years I've been doing that. So I've been building my database for over 15 years. I never have a shortage of leads to talk to. Um, and this is even people that I meet personally, not even on social media. So whenever I go to an event, I'll just set a goal. It's like uh, I do a lot of just, I was just at a Tony Robbins event, right? And so, you know, Tony, it's a great event for recruiting because you're always doing like buddying up with people and things like that. So I'm like, hey, give me your business card. Right. And then I'll write on the business card met at Tony Robbins this date. And if there's a note uh, that I can you know, remember, I'll put it down. Right. And, you know, because I've done that for so long, I've got I, there's never a shortage of people to talk to. And there's been a lot of people who I contact for my opportunity. It's not the right time in their life. But two or three years later, it is. And I've had people who've led to huge organizations, thousands, over 10,000 people in my team that I met. I didn't recruit them for two, three, four years. But because I had the long-term philosophy, it wasn't like, hey, I'm trying this out. I'm going to see how it goes. Um, you know, I still had them and I was able to, you know, drip on them and not being, you know, cheesy like, uh, you know, constantly just in recruit mode, but just feeling that, you know, seeing how they are, what's new, uh, you know, checking interests, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, it's amazing what can happen over a long period of time. I love that. So I did that from day one. I started the industry 10 years ago. 
I've got in my phone and I had different categories. So I'd put NM for network marketing and then NM leader if I thought that they were a potential network marketing leader. And then sometimes I would even put in my calendar of when to reach out to them again. And a lot of times the reach out was just like you said of, hey, how's, so, how's whatever going? And then I would put in notes of anything I could think of. Yeah. Has so many kids met on this day, met where? Because I think it's a myth of what am I going to do when I run out of contacts? And you are thinking, what are you talking about? Eventually, right. you're going to have some contacts that you're never going to be able to reach out to. In the beginning, yeah, you go through that warm circle of influence where it's now it's scarier. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you go smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the latest and greatest podcasts. And as always, please go leave a five-star raving review. And then the last thing I always want to mention to all that listen to podcasts is if you go to www.robsperry.com, I have tons of free content there to help you out to build your network marketing business.